We'll do it a little differently tonight because I'm preaching from the second longest chapter in the Old Testament. <laughs> um, and I'm going to preach every verse of it, 89 verses. So I'm sitting down for one thing, but have no fear. It's not that bad. It's, uh, it's the collection of the offering of Israel. It's a beautiful thing to note that the second longest chapter in the Old Testament deals with offerings for worship. The longest one deals with the Word of God in the 119th Psalm. And it's divided into 22 parts by the uh, letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And uh, last time I preached through 119th Psalm, it took several weeks because you treat that differently. But this, on the other hand, to give you hope for the evening, um, 12 tribes bringing, each one bringing the offering or the chief prince of each, the chief of each tribe bringing each tribe's offering so that's 12 offerings, 12 sets of offerings over a period of 12 days. And the, the reason I'm going to read the whole thing and then make some comment on it is because each of those 12 accounts of giving the offering, except for the name of the dude that's the tribal prince, except for the name of the person bringing it, everything else is the same. So it's saying the same thing 12 times. So you can see how we, that does about 72 verses of those 89 right there. And I'm going directly from, um, it's, it's, it's in a website called Chabad.org. It may say, yeah, up at the top there. I like Rabbi Rashi. I like his uh, translation of the, Hebrew, he's pretty good, except in the Messianic uh, translations. He's, he's, he's a little biased against Jesus. Uh, but in the, in the case of the Pentateuch, where you're looking at the books of Moses, the Torah, he's, he's spot on. He does a pretty good job here, uh, in my view, of, of the translation. And it's just really good. So I'm going to, rather than doing my own thing for 89 verses... I thought I would just uh, read it straight for you and scroll it up. I hope you can see that. I've, I'm, I'll lose my Hebrew when I make it bigger uh, because that's too little, isn't it? Okay, well, for, for our purposes here, the English is the most important part. And if I need help, I'll just go whoop and then whoop. Just like that. Okay, is it? Can you say? I don't think I can. That's about as big as I can get it, but that's, that's okay, right? I guess just hold on to it in case I need it. Thank you. And it was, and it was that on the day that on the day that Moses finished erecting the Mishkan, the tabernacle, 
He anointed it, sanctified it, all of its vessels, the altar and all of its vessels, and he anointed them and sanctified them. All right. Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers together are giving us the account of, um, well, in later Exodus, the first part is the Exodus, and then the people gathered, and then the law is given, and then all of these instructions that uh, Moses has been given about the, the, how to build the tabernacle and the, the organization of the Levites, the priesthood, and then the organization in the book of Numbers, for example, the organization of the people and the men of fighting age and the administration and all that's being put together. So when you consider these three together, you have to sort of look at it like it's, it's not exactly chronological. You have to be careful or you get confused. It's more thematic than it is chronological when you look at it that way. But it all comes together uh, in the end. And so some of the things that we're looking at here, we've already been told. Uh, for example, the, the names of the, of the chieftains and, and some other things. But this is regarding the details of the offering that Israel brings. Um, so I'm going to read through this thing, 89 verses, um, and then I'm going to switch to a PowerPoint slide, and I want to make a few points that I think are pertinent for us uh, in the church. Uh, verse, let's see. He anointed them and sanctified them. Chieftains of Israel, the heads of their fathers' houses, presented their offerings they were the leaders of the tribes. They were the ones who were present during the counting. Now, if you have a device and you want to go to Chabad.org, you can find your way over to Rashi's Hebrew and English translation. Uh, it's a good study. And there is a, there is a, there is a built-in commentary here if you want to look at that later on. The Lord spoke to Moses. Yahweh spoke to Moses. Say, so we see over here, Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, sometimes it's Adonai, sometimes I like to differentiate because the application of the, of the name that's used of, of God speaks to the context. All the way through here, it's, it's Yahweh, as it is most of the time in the Torah. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, take it from them and let them be used in the service of the tent of meeting. And you shall give them to the Levites in accordance with each man's work. Okay, now look at this back. The chieftains of Israel, the heads of their father's houses, bring an offering. Each one, they bring their offerings, the leaders of the tribes. Now we're looking at two and a half, three million people. Um, each tribe, hundreds of, well, they've been numbered. Tens or hundreds of thousands uh, counting the women and children, are giving an offering. And it's the same, it's the same offering. And they've, they've organized this thing and they did it themselves. Yahweh doesn't, uh, doesn't address the issue until the offering is already decided upon by the people. They brought their offering before Yahweh, six covered wagons and 12 oxen. Uh, a wagon for each two chieftains and an ox for each one. They presented them in front of the Mishkan, the tabernacle. And Yahweh said, spoke to Moses saying, take it from them. Go ahead, take it. 
and let them be used in the service. I like that. Take it. You know, the old preacher says, we don't receive an offering here. We take it. Um, and that came from the Lord. So they came around the Lord. Take the offering. Don't receive it. And let them be used in the service of the tent of meeting. You shall give them to the Levites in accordance with each man's work. So Moses took the wagons, the cattle, gave them to the Levites. He gave two wagons, four oxen to the sons of Gershon. According to their work, he gave four wagons and eight oxen to the sons of Merari, according to their work under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. But to the sons of Kohath, he did not give, for incumbent upon them was the work involving the holy objects, which they were to carry on their shoulders. So they had other work to do. The chieftains brought offerings for the dedication of the altar on the day it was anointed. The chieftains presented their offerings in front of the altar. Yahweh said to Moses, one chieftain each day, one chieftain each day shall present his offering for the dedication of the altar. So this could be 12 days. How happy I would be if it took me 12 days to take up the offering. Have mercy. <laughs> The one who brought his offering on the first day was Nashon, the son of Amenadab, the tribe of Judah. His offering was one silver bowl weighing 130 shekels, one silver sprinkling basin weighing 70 shekels according to the holy shekel, both filled with fine flour mixed with olive oil for a meal offering. One spoon weighing 10 shekels of gold filled with incense, one young bull, one ram and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering, one young he-goat for a sin offering, <clears throat> and for the peace offering, two oxen, five rams, five he-goats, five lambs in their first year. And this was the offering of Nashon, the son of Amenadab. On the second day, Nathanel, Natanel, Natanel, the son of Zuar, the chieftain of Issachar, brought his offering. And he brought his offering of one silver bowl weighing 130 shekels, one silver sprinkling basin weighing, weighing 70 shekels, according to the holy shekel, both filled with fine flour mixed with olive oil for a meal offering. So you take note, the, the offerings are identical and the, the, uh, the sacrifices are identical as well. And note the different kinds of offerings that are made. This is full-blown worship. Uh, one young bull, one ram, one lamb in his first year for a burnt offering, one young he goat for a sin offering and for the peace offering, two oxen, five rams, five he goats, five lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Netanel, the son of Zuar. On the third day, the chieftain was of the sons of Zebulun, Eliab, the son of Helon. His offering was one silver bowl weighing 130 shekels, one silver sprinkling basin weighing 70 shekels according to the holy shekel, both filled with fine flour mixed with olive oil for a meal offering, one spoon weighing 10 shekels of gold filled with incense, one young bull, one ram and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering, one young he goat for a sin offering and for the peace offering, two oxen, five rams, five he goats, five lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Eliab, the son of Helon. On the fourth day, the chieftain was of the sons of Reuben, Elitzor, the son of Shador. Shador. His offering was one silver bowl 
weighing 130 shekels, one silver sprinkling basin, weighing 70 shekels, according to the holy shekel, both filled with fine flour, mixed with olive oil for a meal offering, one spoon weighing 10 shekels of gold, filled with incense, one young bull, one ram, and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering. And I know what you're thinking, and a partridge in a pear tree, right? Uh, one young he that's what I was thinking anyway. One young he goat for a sin offering, and for the peace offering, two oxen, five rams, five he goats, five lambs in their first year. The, now I'm getting tickled with what I realized. Uh, this was the offering of Eliezer, the son of Shadur. On the fifth day, the chieftain was of the sons of Simeon, Shalimiel, the son of Zerishadai. His offering was one silver bowl weighing 130 shekels, one silver sprinkling basin weighing 70 shekels, according to the holy shekel, both filled with fine flour with olive oil for a meal offering, one spoon weighing 10 shekels of gold filled with incense, one young bull, one ram, one lamb in his first year for a burnt offering, one young he goat for a sin offering, and for the peace offering, two oxen, five rams, five he goats, five lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Shalumiel, the son of Zurishadai. On the sixth day, the chieftain was of the sons of Gad, Eliasaph, the son of Deul. His offering was one silver bowl weighing 130 shekels, one silver sprinkling basin weighing 70 shekels, according to the holy shekel, both filled with fine flour mixed with olive oil for a meal offering, one spoon weighing 10 shekels of gold filled with incense, one young bull, one ram, one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering. Uh, one young he goat for a sin offering. And for the peace offering, two oxen, five rams, five he goats, five lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Eliasaph, the son of Deul. On the seventh day, the chieftain was of the sons of Ephraim. Elishama, the son of Amachud. His offering was one silver bowl weighing 130 shekels, one silver sprinkling basin, Weighing 70 shekels according to the holy shekel, both filled with fine flour, mixed with olive oil for a meal offering. One spoon weighing 10 shekels of gold filled with incense. One young bull, one ram, one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering. Uh, one young he goat for a sin offering and for the peace offering, two oxen, five rams, five he goats, five lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Elishama, the son of Amachud. On the eighth day, the chieftain was of the sons of Manasseh, Gamliel, the son of Pedazhur. His offering was one silver bowl weighing 130 shekels, one silver sprinkling basin weighing 70 shekels according to the holy shekel, bowl filled with fine flour mixed with olive oil for a meal offering, one spoon weighing 10 shekels of gold filled with incense, one young bull, one ram, one lamb in his first year for a burnt offering, one young he goat for a sin offering, and for the peace offering, two oxen, five rams, five he goats, five lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Gamaliel, the son of Padazur. Padazur. On the ninth day, the chieftain was of the sons of Benjamin. Abaddon, the son of Gideone. Gideone. His offering was one silver bowl weighing 130 shekels, one silver springing basin weighing 70 shekels, according to the holy shekel, both filled with fine flour mixed with olive oil for a meal offering. One spoon weighing 10 shekels of gold with incense and one young bull, one ram and one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering. One young he goat for a sin offering. And I bet you can't guess what the peace offering was. 
two oxen, five rams, five he goats, five lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Abaddon, the son of Gideoni. On the 10th day, the chieftain was of the sons of Dan, Ahizer, the son of Amishadai. His offering was one silver bowl weighing 130 shekels, one silver sprinkling basin weighing 70 shekels according to the holy shekel, both filled with fine flour mixed with olive oil for a meal offering, one spoon weighing 10 shekels of gold with incense, one young bull, one ram, one lamb in its first year for a burnt offering, one young he goat for a sin offering and for the peace offering, two oxen, five rams, five he goats, five lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Ahizur, Ahizur, the son of Amishadai. On the 11th day, the chieftain was of the sons of Asher, Pagiel, the son of Achron. His offering was one silver bowl, 130 shekels, one silver sprinkling basin weighing uh, 70 shekels according to the holy shekel, both filled with fine flour mixed with olive oil for a meal offering, one spoon weighing 10 shekels of gold filled with incense, one young bull, one ram, one lamb in his first year for a burnt offering, one young he goat for a sin offering, and for the peace offering, two oxen, five rams, five he goats, five lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Pagiel, the son of Achran. On the twelfth day, the chieftain was of the sons of Naphtali, Achira, the son of Enan. His offering was one silver bowl weighing 130 shekels, one silver sprinkling basin weighing 70 shekels according to the holy shekel, both filled with fine flour mixed with olive oil for a meal offering, one spoon weighing 10 shekels of gold filled with incense, one young bull, one ram and one lamb in his first year for a burnt offering, one young he goat for a sin offering, and for the peace offering, two oxen, five rams, five he goats, five lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Achira, the son of Enan. This was the dedication offering of the altar presented by the chieftains on the day it was anointed. There were 12 silver bowls, 12 silver basins, and 12 gold spoons. The weight of each silver bowl was 130 shekels, and that of each basin, 70 shekels, and all of the silver of the vessels weighed in total. 2,400 shekels according to the holy shekel. 12 gold spoons filled with incense, each spoon weighing 10 shekels according to the holy shekel and all the gold spoons totaled 120 shekels. The total of the cattle for burnt offerings was 12 bulls, 12 rams, and 12 lambs in their first year with their meal offerings. And there were 12 young he goats for sin offerings. The total of cattle for the peace offerings was 24 oxen, 60 rams, 60 he goats, and 60 lambs in their first year. This was the dedication offering for the altar after it was anointed. When Moses would come into the tent of meeting to speak with him, that is Yahweh, he, Moses, would hear the voice speaking to him from the two cherubim above the covering, which was over the ark of testimony, and he spoke to him and Yahweh spoke to Moses. Okay, so let's think about this for just a little bit. You think, well, why didn't the Holy Spirit just say these 12 guys of these tribes and then name them each gave this offering? Well, it, 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 he didn't do that because it's more special than that. It's distinct. All right, I want to make seven comments here on what we just read because you don't you know you don't hear me preach about money I don't like to but I'll tell you when I get the chance I'm going to turn you loose I'm going to I'm not going to turn you loose I'm going to hold you under to your bubble 
Oh, not really. Yahweh's work requires funding from God's people. The Egyptians weren't lined up to give anything. The, the Amalekites or none of the other enemies of Israel uh, in that day that was surrounding them, they weren't there ready to give it. They didn't give anything. It wouldn't have been acceptable anyway. This is, this is the funding that comes from the people of God. The people of God fund the work of God according to the will of God by the grace and power of God. Just all, it all came from God anyway. How'd they get all that gold and silver stuff? God scared the mess out of the Egyptians and they paid the Israelites to leave. You remember? They didn't work for it. God got it for them. And they are still in the, in the understanding it, it belongs to God anyway. And what, what we have just organized and the, what we've just read and studied in previous six chapters of Numbers, the war, the guys going to war, the Levites and all the stuff that's going to be done and traveling and food, and that's, that's going to cost money. People understand this. This is the people of God. They voluntarily, this is a voluntary offering. This is a free will offering, if you want to call it that. And nothing is said here about a tithe or anything. Now, there is a part of the law. We've studied that about the tithe of this and tithe. But this is an offering that they are moved upon because they know that this plan is going to require funding. This is a massive plan that we've been looking at in the first six chapters of Numbers. And that's all the first part of Numbers is, uh, which is mainly and namely the organization and now the funding of the work. Uh, so Yahweh's work requires funding from God's people. And when God's people are in the right frame of mind, they will understand this and they will move from within themselves. And that's what they did. But then now I'm sure it's like Moses was puzzled. These people, huh, 12 tribes, oxen, covered wagons, gold, so all this, they're bringing all, they're, they're going to come for worship too. They're, they're coming to make sacrifices. They're coming. And it's like he looks up to Yahweh with a question mark on his face. And what did Yahweh say? Take it. Take it. <laughs> they won't always be in this good of a mood. So you better take it while you can. <laughs> Number two, the offering was initially voluntary. And Yahweh accepted it as worship. Here's why. Along with all that gold and silver and other stuff, they were bringing offerings of sacrifice. This was an act of worship. Now, you, we saw the offerings, the, the burnt offering, the meal offering, the peace offering, all that, sin, all that. This, this is the, total, the totality of worship, inclusive of which is freely giving to the Lord the best that you have. In that worship, they were confessing sins. They were expressing desire for fellowship with Yahweh and with the other people. They were coming and bringing those particular offerings. The, the priesthood would get some of that stuff that they brought as offerings for sin. And, you know, I'm not for sin, but for the other ones that were made. So they were coming, they were coming to honor their spiritual leaders as part of their uh, worship. 
and they were going to lay it on the altar. They brought it to the altar. And uh, this is this is all inclusive of absolute worship from God's people. They came as sinners, knowing that God would accept them. Uh, they came in the right frame of mind. They brought the offerings, uh, expressed fellowship with one another, with Yahweh, and of course with the of course with the priesthood. Um, and they did they did everything that they knew to do. If you go back and look in Leviticus, the things that we there wasn't a whole lot. There wasn't anything left for them to do to come before Yahweh in worship, except to give this offering. Uh, and, that's, and that's what they've done. Third thing, I, third thing I want to note here is that the offering was personal and public. I knew a pastor one, don't ever, I ain't ever going to do this. I don't think the elders let me anyway. I had a preacher friend, a friend And I used to sell him clothes at the, at the, at the clothing business. Then. And I had just entered into the ministry. I was by vocation. We were talking about the ministry. And uh, the first two churches I had were just, I don't think you could put them on a, one of those medieval torture chambers and get any money out of them. Boy, they were stingy. Uh, and... We were bouncing ideas. He said, I'll tell you what I do. He said, I post quarterly giving reports on the bulletin board every, every quarter. And I said, and you're still there? Yeah, man. <laughs> I, get, I know so much more about them. They're afraid to fire me. I ain't no telling what I'd say. But... Uh, now, it was a church of a different culture, but they worshiped the Lord, and he was serious about people. It was public. He was saying, why can't it be public? Why can't this be a public thing? Well, this is the way it was here. We have all of these names. We have the names of the tribes, and then we have the names of the leaders of the tribes who are responsible for bringing it. We have their names, and it deserves to be read 12 different times. Same offering, but the names are different. The tribes are different. And they deserve, since the Holy Spirit saw fit, to preserve this large section of the scriptures, of the law, of Torah, uh, to dedicate it to the names and the, the specificity of, of, the, of the, the details of the offering. We should, we should read it and, and gain something from it. That people were so moved personally and publicly to give to the Lord. Number four, once the money was brought in, Yahweh directed its use. Here's what you do. You give it to the priesthood. You give it to the Levites. You give it to the people who are in charge of the worship. And they'll know, they'll be directed on what to do with, uh, with, this, uh, with this offering. Number five, it was woven into the life of Israel. I told you earlier at the outset that what we were going to read tonight, the long passage of scripture, was a part of what we have already studied in Numbers, I mean, I'm sorry, in Exodus and Leviticus, and even in the first part of Numbers. Because 
And Deuteronomy is, is the repetition. It's the second time around. Dude, that's what Deuteronomy means. But Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, these, these are interwoven into the initiation of the sanctification, separation, and worship of the elect of God, the people of God in the Old Testament, Israel. This whole thing is woven into their life. Uh, they are about to move toward the promised land. They're all together. Uh, they share uh, all of the responsibilities. For example, going to war, the men of war, except for the Levites, they share the responsibility of that. They share other responsibilities. They shared the responsibility of giving to the work. They shared the responsibility of, uh, of the law that has been given to them. They all are equally responsible under the law. So this whole thing, inclusive of free will giving, and I mean exorbitant giving, is woven into the life of Israel itself, God's people. It's part of who they are. This offering. Number six, the gifts were brought to the sanctuary and not to be individually used. It was public and it was brought to the altar at the sanctuary, at the tabernacle, and uh, Moses wasn't to receive it. Uh, no, you know, the, the, chief, the chief princes of the chieftains of the tribes, they weren't to receive it. This was to go right to the house of God, the place of worship, where God met his people and accept, forgave their sins and, and so forth. So this was, a th this was a thing that carefully was overseen so that there wouldn't be any kind of individual use of the offerings of God. Finally, these gifts were in response to the grace of God and they were not given to obtain the favor of God. In other words, this wasn't works. This was a response to grace. It was grace giving, if you want to call it that. It has nothing to do with the tithe or, or the law or anything else. This, this came from, it just, you saw how the challenge, it just started. They're going to bring an offering. Moses confused. Yahweh says, take it. Then he instructs on, on how it is to be taken in and to whom it should be given so that there's great care, that there's oversight of uh, what's to be given. It's a, it's, it's a, to me, it's a, a beautiful chapter because at this early outset, now don't, don't worry, it won't take long before they start murmuring <laughs> and grumbling. But at this point in time, they just have a beautiful heart and, and a beautiful life before Yahweh as responsible people of God, trusting God with everything and, and ready to move uh, toward the promised land. There are other points that I could have made, but I'm going to stop right there and we'll pray. And I know that you are shocked that I got through 89 verses. You should tell your mom and daddy and whoever else you talk to that the pastor preached on 89 verses in 30 minutes tonight. Let's pray, we'll be through. Father God in heaven, thank you for our time together. Thank you for this beautiful text that we've read. And I pray, oh God, that it'll be applied to our hearts and that we'll make part of giving as who we are before you and our worship and everything else. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.